Hello, Blindspot fans, and welcome back to the AfterBuzz TV Blindspot After Show. Today we are taking a look at Episode 4, If Beth, and we will see you after the opening. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Well, this was a heck of an episode. It was. It was definitely different after the first three episodes. But you know what? It's all right. We got our action for the week. We got our patterisms. Hashtag. I'm happy with it. It's Blindspot doing its thing. And, you know, it worked out fairly well. Exactly. All right. Welcome back to the AfterBuzz TV Blindspot After Show. We are on Season 2, Episode 4, If Beth, which anagrams to the FBI. Like, three of you on Twitter have sent us all of the anagrams so far. And yeah. I adore you so much. Oh, my God. Someone made us a Google document. I, oh, God I bless. have that saved. I, I check it before every after show. Thank you so much. By the <laughs> way, that was provided by a Lancaster native. So, right there from my all hometown. Right. You rock. All right, and with me tonight is the wonderful Gabriel Gonzalez. What's up, guys? You can find me on Twitter at Double G on TV, and check out my profile. I did an interview with singer-songwriter Abby Scott. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter. That is, you can, wow. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaget. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. We have the hashtag ABTV Blindspot on Twitter. We have the live chat going right now. So if you got something fun to say, if you have any questions, anything you, sh- anything you think we should cover, throw it in the hashtag, throw it in the live chat. You may well get a shout out. It's going to be word salad on my end tonight, you guys. It's been a super long week. So, I mean, yeah, I what did you think of this episode? You know, like I said, we got a lot of what we're come to see. You know, we got some good action from Jane and uh, Gabara. What's her name? Yeah, Gabara. Yeah. yeah. So you Elizabeth. Know, some good action. We got our patterism. My favorite line. You know, she's talking with Zapata, and she's saying it's like, well, last night at my girls who code class. You know, and Zapata's the one who has the answer. God bless Patterson teaching girls who code. She would be teaching something like that. Oh, and then I'm also a top FBI agent. And it's like, okay, like, no big deal. All right. And in my spare time, I I rescue kittens from the shelter and teach them to fetch. I like Like, it. Sure. You know, Woman Crush Thursday. I know it's not a thing, but she is. Oh, she's she's absolutely wonderful. She's and she's a glorious human being in real life as well. Oh, just God bless. She's great. Yeah, Ashley I, Johnson. I mean, we got yes. a lot of space at this desk. You know, wide shot, real quick. No, dude, Just we tape pick on a spot. We tape. <laughs> we tape on Thursday nights. If she's not in New York, she's on Critical Role. You have a and night. even then, sometimes she's on Critical Role hey, when she's in New York. Every now and then, you have a day off. It happens. We'll be here. <laughs> mm, not from Critical Role. Right. Anyway, so we have we have kind of three different stories going here, and then like a little bit of Kurt at the tail end because why not? Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Lake Aurora okay. for a bit. I want to talk about the sandstorm side of things because mm-hmm. we start off with this. And Roman actually has a really good point with this. We need to show Jane what she's missing. We need to have the emotional connection as well. She knows some of the hows, but she doesn't know why we're doing this. And even right. then, he brings her out to this lake. And it's like, it was a family lake. Everyone loved it. And, but it was horribly poisoned, and the government did nothing. So... Get angry about it. I gotta say, I find your way of describing the dark, you know, monologues that the characters go through very endearing, Katie. Because you have just this way of putting it in your own words that I'm like, you said it exactly like that. 
I believe in summaries. I am a firm... (laughs) I'm an English major. I will give you a quote to support Mm. my theory, and then I will just explain the hell out of it. And the rest of it, brief summary. You don't need it. Hey, I'm creative writing, though. You know what we said about English majors? They're just creative writers who can't write. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding, all you guys listening to on iTunes. Have a good night, y'all. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) No, but back to your point, Um, Roman. You know, I thought that was a very interesting strategy. I mean, you know, it's not the... If I was a secret terrorist trying to take down the U.S. government, maybe I would choose a different story in particular. But I was like, okay, I'm with it. I thought it was very, you know, I think it adds a new depth. And I think that's what we're trying to get at, especially with Shepard. Like, okay, well, what's their end game? They believe they're doing good. And they're trying to get Jane to see that. So we've got to see exactly what's going on in their mind. So I think, all right. This is how you're choosing to do it. I think they need to grow it, but obviously it is only four. I think things are going to have to switch up. They have to really step it up around episodes five and six. Well, and when Roman presented this, he presented this sad story and this awful story about government corruption, yada, yada, yada. But he kind of did it without context. It's like children are starving in Africa. You should be angry about it. And on a certain level, yeah, that's very upsetting, But sometimes it's more difficult to connect to people outside of, it's something called your monkey sphere. Long long and very short of it is your brain is only wired to think of about 150 people as people. Aside from that, it's just like, yeah, you're you're vaguely human beings. These 150 people are real to me. Behind glass. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we have organized constructs like religion. Like, it's easier to care about them when it's sort of a religious thing or when it's sort of an ethical thing. Mm -hmm. It makes up for the failings in our monkey sphere, in our biology. Okay. And so he's kind of doing the outside the monkey sphere thing. This was a terrible story. You should be mad about it. Mm -hmm. We don't really get the emotional context until... It turns out at the end that it was Shepard's story and that her family grew up in this lake, but she, her brother, they thought he beat cancer, but it, he died and her, her mother died quickly and her father died slowly and painfully. I like, the mother this died lake. slowly. Hmm? I'm sorry. Okay. Back to your point. I was going to say, I, I thought might the have mother had it backwards. Something. One of okay. her parents died very quickly. One of her parents died very slowly and her brother, they thought he was going to live. And then that was not a thing. And she had her ovaries removed because I assume cancer. And so this stopped being a starving children in Africa story and started being a, oh, this is personal. This was my experience. This Mm. is a person that I care about. This is a person that raised me. And this is their story. Ah. This is when they started mistrusting the government. So it's one of those things where it makes a lot more sense when it is a personal connection. And Roman was right about that. Because, again, he's the one that knows that Jane, quote, failed their last mission. Yes. And he covered for her, so he's trying to kind of shore up the edges here to make sure that doesn't happen again. Well, I think that there's... uh, I'm still on the fence with Roman, because I see right now he's not exactly content with the role that he's playing in Shepard and Sandstorm's larger plan. So when I see him, I really feel like a lot of the times he's looking for his own out. Yeah, his love for Jane, but I feel like there's something more to it than that. I don't think he's necessarily along with it. He even admitted in this episode, I know our ways may seem barbaric, yet no duh. But at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like he's looking for his own out. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's 
there's obviously going to be some kind of complication when there's finally the confrontation with Sandstorm and Jane's FBI team. But I think that he's his psychology is the one that I really want to get more into because yeah. I don't think I feel like he's been very conditioned. However, as he's gotten older and now as he has more of his emotions controlling his actions, I think we're seeing that he's going to be the one who might be the wild card rather than, let's say, Shepard does something to Weller or part of the team like they're kind of setting us up for. Well, again, here, I, wow. I think we talked about this a little last time. I don't think his loyalty is to Sandstorm so much as it is to Jane. Yeah. Like, whether he knows it or not, she's his priority number one. And so with her starting to fall away from the organization, he's starting to lean away from it as well, if only to try to reach out and grab her and say, hey, come home. If she leaves completely, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts. Because if Jane's his priority number one, but Sandstorm is his structure and his home, it'll be interesting to see where he goes if she cuts ties. Okay, well, here's a better question for you, maybe. Let's say he had to choose not between Jane and Sandstorm, but Jane and Shepard. Like, let's say right now from what we know about him, where would you? who do you think he would pick right now in episode Jane. four? Jane? Shepard is Sandstorm. Okay. I don't know. I feel like right now he's still more conditioned to listen to Shepard. But like I said, he's that one. I feel like we're seeing him fall apart in really like a parallel, I think, to Reed almost in that he's starting to make some impulsive decisions we're starting to see that disconnect in what i'm sure was a well-oiled machine before jane got reintroduced to their equation at the beginning of this season yeah no i think he he is conditioned to obey her i mean she's his co as well as his adoptive mom but again i think jane is still his number one priority Hmm. and i do think he's gonna have to make a choice it is possible to overcome conditioning, and we've seen that of he course. will make his own choices. He takes her out to the lake, which no one is supposed to know about. But, hey, we're keeping track of him because why not? He uh, finishes her mission for her and then covers for her. Like, he's already been making decisions that put Jane above the organization, most likely to the organization's detriment now that Jane is being a triple agent. Right. So, again, we'll see how things go with Roman, but I don't think his priorities lie the way he thinks he wants them to. I agree with that. I think that's a great way to put it. So, yeah, that we kind of needed that emotional bit. We kind of needed that backstory for them. We kind of needed that, okay, this is why they're bringing Jane in on it, but they're also bringing the audience in on it. You know, what I almost really want to see now is as we're developing this, What's Jane going to do when necessarily Roman is in trouble or Shepard's in trouble? Like, let's say one of them gets shot in, you know, part of, you know, everything that goes on as collateral damage. What is Jane going to react like? Because, yes, she's going to put on appearances, but could she possibly jeopardize one of the FBI's missions in order to do this? And she's going to say, well, it was to work both cases, but is it really? So I think that's something maybe to look forward to is how is Jane going to react? Because at the end of the day, she's the key to everything, you know. It's going to depend on how far we are in the season, what's happened previously, and how the episode sets it up. It's all going to be context at that point. 
So we just we just don't have enough to say definitively, yeah, I think she'll do this. Well, okay, we have like 3% of the information. Yeah. So that's a real good guess for 3%. I know, I think we're but at, at 40. Point, you're right one away four. from milk, so. <laughs> All right, so that's... That's, that's so clever. And the one other thing that we have for Sandstorm is that they needed a lot of C4 and they only have half of what they needed. And they want to move while the FBI is still playing catch up and still thinks that Jane is theirs. I don't know. I mean, I so was we'll a little see where di- that goes. I was a little disappointed. I mean, oh, they're a terrorist group that needs a bomb. I wanted something a little different. It's well, blind spot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that is a very, you know, universal way to hurt a lot of people when you're a group like them. But I don't know. I was looking for something a little more sophisticated, I guess, just because they're so interesting right now. There are so many creative uses for C4. You want to so tell me how you know So many creative uses for explosions. Do you watch any media where they have an explosives tech? Of course, but because I just feel like, you... hey, you, I, when you say it, you make it sound like, you know, have you been doing your research? Aren't you a writer? <laughs> Don't you research really weird stuff when you write? You know Because my, re- my, my writing research makes me look like I'm a freaking serial killer because I'm writing a murder mystery. It's that sort of thing. Where, so, where's yeah, Nas and the NSA to facts. do a background check when I need her? No, <laughs> no I, I do have to admit, that is very true. You just said it in a way that's a little sinister. It's like, there's a lot of things you could use C4 for, and I'm like... Friend, I'm huh? a writer. It's our job to be creative. <laughs> yeah. You just want to get that one back. I feel it. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. It's okay. They hated me back in college for that line too. Back to why do you keep using it? Anyway, you know that cute thing you do when you know you don't have a good comeback for it. That's why. No, I'm just kidding. Honey, no. Back to blind spot. Anyway, so we um, (laughs) that's the long and short of Sandstorm's bit. Except we have this little tiny bit at the end where, by the way, Kurt Sandstorm's been watching you for like twenty years. Dun dun. How long has Sandstorm been going on? Well, okay. I guess that's I a like good point. I mean, he, that is a great question. The Taylor Shaw thing was done with a purpose, so we know that's been the seeds of that have been, you know, in place for a while. But yeah, and I guess if we're talking about maybe a sleeper agent, I mean, certainly Weller has all the skills as someone you would want. In a and they do keep saying group. activate the asset, but that goodness a... knows if that means sleeper agent or if that just means, hey, time to show your true colors and get out of Dodge. I mean, I think that that would be a very interesting way to flip one of our characters, but not necessarily lose them completely. Like, for example, let's say that Patterson was a sleeper agent. Obviously, we don't want to lose Patterson to the dark side. We want her with our characters that we love and root for her. But if they're going to affect us and pull at the audience like that, well, that would be a way to do it. And then, obviously, you have that option. Well, how is the team going to bring Patterson back? See, the thing is, after you have a sleeper agent, after you realize that you have someone with you that has been so thoroughly brainwashed and has access to all of the information that these FBI agents do, you don't bring them back in because recovering from brainwashing requires a ton of deconditioning and a ton of recovery and zero guarantee that it will take and that you won't be able to be activated again. Like... It, it, this is rough stuff. I so I say, think we, if we get a reveal that someone is a sleeper agent, 
they will no longer be on the team full stop. It's too much of a security liability. I don't know. I think Dr. Borden's really good at his job. He is really good at his job, but that doesn't mean doesn't you could mean just deprogram someone who's been brainwashed. Maybe that, that is some rough stuff. Maybe they take a few months off in the mid-season break. What? We saw Jane leave for We're a while. We're talking the years. CIA. We are talking <laughs> years hey, creativity once again you years know, take some you know let's pull some strings let's believe you could have your entire body tattooed and lose your memory and wake up in times square let's bend the rules a bit. we're talking years brainwashing is some serious <laughs> and horrifying stuff it is <laughs> see chat going like in dollhouse not quite mm. i mean that was a great yes, show though great reference but not here so, yeah, we've been watching Kurt for 20 years because mm-hmm. question mark. So that was a really good stinger to have at the end of the episode. And we'll see where that goes next week. If anywhere, they like to leave us stingers and then come back to them like five weeks later. So on that note, we will see. I, I couldn't help but notice how chummy um, Weller and Nas looked sharing drinks at the end of that episode. I'm not going to say ship, but then it made me realize, you know, that wouldn't be a bad way to kind of maybe... Put Jane off a little more inadvertently if we're trying to push her to Sandstorm for a minute. If that's the route that they choose to go to on the show. I doubt that Kurt's going to fall into anything like that anytime soon. For one, he's still very much getting over Jane and making that comment about, yeah, you never really get over the people you trust lying to you. Like, I didn't mean that to be a Barb comment. Well, that's too bad. It really, really was. Yeah, but when and they- we. When these things happen, that's when you're more prone to make a bad decision like that. But it's that and the fact that he is a father and that he has said, yes, I will be part of this kid's life. I will help raise this kid. It He doesn't he's not the type to get over things very easily. And this was a huge betrayal of trust on more than one front. Of course. And it just I, I don't see him falling into bed with anyone, let alone Nas. I guess like, that's m- not going to be a thing for either of them. I guess my thing is, like, you know, he's all, we know him to just really be the even-keeled one. That's why the team is rallying around him right now. But if there was going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, if there was going to be a time when Kurt makes a bad decision, it'll probably be right now. Oh, Kurt makes all sorts of bad decisions. Well, I mean, one but that's I doubt so it's gonna impulsive be this- of that just very selfish nature in that way honestly he'd probably fall back into bed with one of his exes you think because so? we've seen that he's definitely prone to that behavior it's true i do not think it will be with nas not the situation where they are not with how they're acting around each other not with the we're still trying to figure out what's going on and again talking about what happened with reed and does he need to be in the field she says no he says yes we're trying to find a compromise and reed asking whose order was this was it hers or was it yours so there's still very obviously a you're the person we know and she's still an interloper so we still have a lot of work to do with integrating nas into the team before we can even start thinking about being comfortable enough with her to forge a relationship like i if that's a thing that's going to happen. We're talking after the mid-season break. All right. I don't think I that's going to be anything anytime soon with his personality and at this point trust issues and her personality and drivenness and always having the information and always trying to be right. It's true. It's true. Um, on that note, though, considering everything, 
because I know we're probably going to lose her in the midst of our discussion. But Nas in particular, she's starting to look more and more formidable every episode. I mean, we get a little bit of, okay, she's got the know-how, she's got the resources. She's willing to dress up just like Jane and Zapata and throw down, too. If need be, we didn't see her need to fight evil in this one. But she has shown so far that she's capable. And I think, you know... This is not someone that we're just going to have disappear oddly at an end of a season. I feel oh, no. like she's sticking around for a while, and I like that about her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, she is a giant badass. I mean, the most that might happen is she goes back to the NSA, and we get her a few episodes instead of all season. Who knows? But, yeah, no, she is a fantastic character. I am so stoked that they added her. Yes, good, well done, thank you, showrunners. There you Perfect. Go. And I mean, we got rid of a woman of color last season. We uh... I knew that was coming. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, I was shocked you didn't bring it up right in that part. I was like, she's about to say it. <laughs> it's it's kind of a thing with this show. They're so good with so many things, and then occasionally it's just like. I mean, yep, Reed, okay. Reed and Zapata are kind of holding up the average, which is already skewered after losing Mayfair. But I like that we learned a bit about her background because. That's they probably just said it quite obviously, you know. She's a Hindu woman in uh, what in intelligence, Pakistani born Hindu woman in the United States. Exactly, like, working in intelligence is like uh, you're gonna have to be a certain way when you have so many stereotypes against you in 2016. So I thought that was really good. I think that was a nice way of acknowledging it without overdoing it for the sake of hey, we're being politically correct. Well, no, but it's the truth. If you're a woman, you have to work twice as hard to be, for people to think you're half as good. No, it's true. Full stop. And get paid 70 cents on the dollar. But hey, that's another show completely. I was going to say, why are you looking at me like I did something about that? I'm looking at you because we're having a conversation. I, know, <laughs> I, feel, I feel a little... I feel, anyway. I, I feel yeah, a so tiny. yeah, blind spot. Um, we basically have our tattoo, which the honeycomb tattoo. Didn't you say this was that one of your favorites? That is my favorite. I'm not a tattoo person, but I love patterns like that if I was going to ever get one. That's the one that always stands out to me, and I always thought it's like, that one, I hope they have a fun storyline. In terms of, you know, actual cases, it didn't get as twisted as I would have wanted for one that's that cool, but I still liked it. I still like how... It was set up by Patterson and her hashtag, Patterisms. So, you know, I was good with it, but that was the one I was always curious about. I mean, yeah, it's one of her most prominent. Obviously, she can't cover it up all the way, even when wearing long sleeves. But, yeah, so I thought that was really cool. And certainly, uh, they threw out a lot of... They threw out a lot of periphery characters before we get to the main person behind a certain tattoo who's, you know... At the crux of the case. But, I mean, they all made sense. We we have this uh, shadow cat hacker, Bo Kyer, who yeah. is part of the, I have it written down here, one of the government agencies. Mm-hmm. And then, come on, where did it go? Wasn't he NSA? Was he NSA? I could have sworn it was NSA. Homeland Security Analyst. So, yeah, Office of Infrastructure Protection, who has evidently been modding popular video games to make them into heavily guarded areas with very pertinent information on, you know, guard shifts and police activity and everything. It's basically uh, heist simulators with perfect details. Yeah, essentially, you know, he took a cross between Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto and 
used it to train people to take down, you know. And I love that they touched on the can video games affect real life thing. And of course, it's a heck of a debate, but this is not the time because it (laughs) really is. Well, actually, (laughs) supposedly first-person shooters are really good for people with ADD and ADHD. There's a it really lot of, helps with the hand-eye coordination and oh, whatnot. So, yeah. You're going to have my Nas moment. It's like, that's a great uh, debate, but now is not the time. Yeah, no, it's not. But <laughs> no, I, did, I, I do love that they touched on that a little bit. Oh, yeah. And what I like about this one in particular is that when you break it down and, you know, how would the FBI, if they're going to be doing stuff way out there like this, I think it lends to the show's realism. And I really like that about this case. It's like... Huh, that's like something actually feasible that you can actually imagine, you oh, know, yeah. someone doing. And I was like, I like that. And obviously they integrated it very seamlessly in the story. You had the tech girl and I feel like Safata, you know, I feel like she wants to play a game like that just to see if she could win. <laughs> that's what I got I when like I was listening could. to her. I would, I would love it, though. Like, you know, I feel like uh, on the cutting room floor is a scene where her saying, hey, Patterson, can you put that on my PlayStation? Yeah. Well, but this isn't, in terms of introducing characters on the periphery, this isn't going to be the last time that we see the mm-hmm. Shadow Cat character because at the end of it, Zapata goes in to talk to him and wants him to do a job off the books, which we're back that, into gray area, Zapata. We just got you out of there. Yeah, Please that was, don't. That wasn't shady at all. But I feel like we're seeing parallels between Roman and Zapata actually putting a person above an organization or above goals Mm. because she's putting Reed above essentially legality at this point. She wants to take care of him. She knows something's wrong. To that point, she kicks Freddy, who is back on drugs, out of Reed's apartment without telling him. Just like, you can leave now, bye-bye. Well, I liked it because essentially she just kind of very silently had that show of force in a way that was very intimidating. But what I found really um, interesting is that she isn't really overstepping the boundaries. That is something I feel like you could see any of the characters do. I could see Patterson doing that for Reed if she was in the situation. Obviously not in the same way Zapata can kind of just kind of give you that look that makes you leave the room. But still... So I thought, okay, I'm not sold on her being so obvious, our sleeper agent or whatever we want to call them, the mole. But certainly, what's going on? I like that mystery. And I think it makes her just such a much more fun character. Okay, I, I think that's just Zapata. She's a very forceful woman. She's very much, okay, this is what I think is right. This is what I think needs to be done. Unless one of my higher-ups goes, yeah, I don't think so, I'm going to do it. And sometimes, even if one of my higher-ups goes, I don't think so, I do it anyway. It's life. I love that summary. And she's... <laughs> no, well, I do. let's be real. <laughs> and that's just how she functions. She thinks that Freddy's a bad influence and Reed doesn't need that right now. Bye, Freddy. You can leave. So, sure. again, I don't necessarily think that's the right thing to do because it's not her apartment or her friend or her call. But she thinks it is. She's going to act on it. It's in Reed's best interest, according to her. So Certainly, but as... Then we have that scene with her and Shadow Cat, and I'm just thinking, well, what do you need from him, Zapata? That's she, really crazy. My prediction on that is that she is going to use him to dig up stuff on Coach Jones Ooh. because Reed is trying to put a case together because this whole repressed memory thing and hanging out with Freddie and trying to get this case together is throwing him off. He's having a lot of issues, especially Definitely. in the field. Yeah. 
So I can see her going, okay, we're going the expedient route. You get me the evidence I need. That way he doesn't have to live through all of this. I like that. I can definitely see her doing that. Alexis, can we get the After Buzz TV exclusives? I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how that works. Yes, because I feel like you're going to predict that correctly. (laughs) I'll do it. Why not? Thank you. All right. Well, we will see then. But yeah. I feel like I need to cheers myself on successfully getting that. Yeah, the best I can figure is that's probably how she'll go. I would be very surprised if she was asking him to look up something that didn't have to do with helping Reed's case. Definitely. Uh, I mean, it's just so too obvious for her to have been up to something particularly sinister. So I really like that theory. And And I didn't think of it. So it's like, you know what? It's brilliant. (laughs) And poor Reed trying to work through all of this. Just he's having anger issues in the field. He's beating up a suspect when he has literally never done that before. He's roughing up an innocent guy who was in the wrong place at the wrong time and got reverse pickpocketed. Yeah, and even Weller said, it's like, you know, I beat him up and Weller's like, you broke his face. Yeah. You know, this stuff... Okay, I know, like, the action scenes. It's like, you would think more stuff would break when they kind of have these fight scenes, but let's be honest, it's something that doesn't really happen. I mean, you can kill someone by punching them in the face hard enough. Like, this is not an uncommon thing. So it's it's good that this guy didn't get killed during the takedown, because, uh... That, that could have been, been it. That would have been terrible. Now, did you think that he was going to tell Borden when they started that scene, or did you think he was going to keep it a secret? I personally didn't think he was going to tell him when I heard his tone when he started. Well, Borden already had that piece of information. He already had an in, talking about asking about repressed memories, asking about a very specific thing, and it's for a case is the FBI version of, I'm asking for a friend. So... Borden already kind of knew. He had that in, so he had the easy way around the, no, there's an issue here. You asked me about this. That wasn't actually for a case, was it? And that was the, okay, yeah, actually it's this. I guess what I found very interesting, you know, I drew the parallel when he's talking to him like, hey, you may never really know exactly what happened. I feel like you could also tie that back to Jane in that, you know, she could be... She could get so many of the facts from outside sources. She could hear the FBI, what they're going to tell her, what they learned. She can hear from Shepard and Roman. But she may never really know exactly what is it, who was she before. And I think that makes it very interesting because I feel like maybe that could be something that helps Reed in that they have this thing that they have to work through for themselves. Yeah. And you can't under state how important a connection like that could be down the stretch especially if we're setting up for possibly flipping jane back on the fbi team yeah and there you're right they do have that connection i hadn't actually considered that so there is that and then like i i think we talked about this last week even if jane does get all of her previous memories back the ones that she's made during her amnesia will color what those memories were the person that she is today isn't just going to go away when she gets her previous memories back. She's always going to be different from how she was before she had her memories erased. No, certainly. Um, I got to throw out a question to you because, you know, as we're talking about letting things go, memories and how they shape us, I just couldn't help in this episode, and I hope the fans agree, they let go of a lot of people being willing to take knives and swords and bullets shot at them, and they kind of forgave everybody who did that in this episode. 
with uh okay what's her name elizabeth she tried to kill jane she tried okay would she have done it maybe she's not necessarily forgiven i mean she killed two people she's going to prison Uh, this isn't a everyone's okay with it now this is a okay this case goes further we need to investigate it they did her a pretty big favor after you know if you had done that to me i would have been like Oh, your daughter? That That is really unfortunate. Let me put it in my stack of cases. But I mean, That's they... supposed to swish a lot better. They can't do that. I mean, they could, yeah. but it's part of their job. They're on this case. They need True. to continue to investigate it. And, hey, she's CIA. This pans out. This and this and that. And by the way, this person is trying to leave the country after he was involved with these other people who were using this information on a terrorist cell to make a buck instead of attempt to shut down a terrorist cell which is why we have a united states citizen undercover there so with a story that plausible you you can you can be mad that she tried to stab you with an antique sword which what a well choreographed fight oh my god that was incredible so good i loved it too but you can't just say oh no we're not gonna look at that i'm mad at you for trying to shoot at me so many people try to shoot at them i mean this is tuesday (laughs) no this this is tuesday excuse me like no like put it this way with meridia too i know they were never gonna shoot back at her i get that but at the same time it's like yeah you're gonna be riding in the back of the van with the cuffs on, because that's what happens when you shoot at the big people with the at adults. Well, no, she's a kid and she's distraught. I mean, was shooting at them a good decision? How many no, probably not. Do you have but to... she was told that her mom was dead. She was that's shown true. pictures of her dead mother, who I guess photoshopped by her dad. Which that's a messed up thing to do. Your mom's dead. Here's the photos. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And then was probably told, because she was saying a lot of stuff about, you're going to do to me what you did to them. Oh, you're going to shoot me like you shot dad. Like, that is a very traumatic situation. And we're used to watching characters who are trained to handle being shot at, trained to handle gunfire, trained to handle these situations. This teenager is not. It's true. And so, yeah, she's not reacting well. She just watched her dad die. As far as she knows, she's an orphan now. Okay, so all, is... all right, you have very good argument for that. Because personally, I was watching that, and I'm like, you know, you guys are kind of helping a lot of people who just tried to kill you a few times now. But it, okay, I, mean, I get it what you're sucks, saying. But you can't blame her. She's just a kid. Yes, and you know, by the way, points to that sarcophagus scene. By the way, oh my god, way? yes. And I saw that, and I was like. Damn. Hey, but then they set it up as like so she was stowed away in there and I was like, you know, that's just creepy because it's like, okay, it's not a sci-fi show, the mummy's gonna come back to life. But then you see it move and I'm like, oh shoot, what is happening? I loved it. I thought that was a great surprise. Just a well done, well written idea. Watching Elizabeth go, all of that was just cool. incredible. I will say the camera jammer, like that very opening scene with the guy watching the security cameras and them fizzing out. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, having a Five Nights at Freddy's moment going, close the doors, <laughs> close the doors. <laughs> He's coming. Can't you hear the music? <laughs> yeah. Just, just like, oh, security cameras. I will never be the same. Right. Oh, by the Also, when she's being interrogated by Jane, tell me if you didn't also see this, but she was talking about how, well... I was a CIA agent, 
I got burned. I got taken somewhere and was beaten for a few months. And I felt like Jane was like, oh, yeah. Why does this sound so familiar? Oh, yeah. Jane was definitely connecting with that. And then I almost thought like, Sandstorm? Nah. I mean, you know, it was just one of those, though, like, okay, there's, I mean... Well, coincidences don't happen on TV too often, so... This hasn't been the first time that Jane has advocated for a prisoner that they have, for someone who is being taken in and being... Someone who's a suspect, someone who is being questioned. This isn't the first time she's sat there and gone, oh, this sounds super familiar. You know what? We should do this. We should listen to them. We should try. Like, this happened a lot in season one, and so I'm not surprised at all that this happened now, And that it was that compassion and that ability and willingness to relate to people, to put your pain out there and say, look, I know what you've been through, that got through to Meridia, that got through to the daughter and convinced her, it'll be okay, I promise your mom's alive, we're going to take you to see her, just, you know, let's talk about this. Because, yeah, it's a messed up situation and we need to talk. It's true. I mean, you know, to finish it off, because I think it gets at really what Jane's grappling with, what she says to Meridia, it is possible to lie some, to someone and still love them very oh, much. Yeah. And, yeah, Jane That's will have to come to the late. truth. Yeah, Jane will have to address that for herself sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, that has absolutely been Jane's life as of late. Yeah, so much lying, especially to her, all sorts of fun stuff. So, mm, yeah, yeah, good Lord. Great. Good episode. A lot of discussion. It was a good episode. It was, I don't know, this is a little different from their usual procedurals, but I think it was good to have a break. I just feel really bad for Meridia and for Elizabeth. She tried to do the right thing, and they absolutely screwed her over for it. They did. Like, you try to be lawful good, and then it's like, oh, no, we're uh, we're going to delete that, and we are going to out you to the cell that you're currently in, and we're going to completely delete you from our files. So, um, bye! They they went the fate worse than death route, assuming That's that it would bit... eventually end in death as well. I, I was going to say, it's like, did they really? But it's like, you know what, okay, I'm with that. Oh, you knew they wouldn't just kill her outright. And well, they knew that not. the cell of wouldn't kill not. her outright. Oh, you're CIA. You have information. We're going to make you talk. It's very true. Like, you know that that's what happened. So, yeah, poor Elizabeth, poor Meridia, poor most of the people in this case. Except for the people who died. They got, like, you they know, got out I of don't it. really <laughs> have any sympathy for you guys at this point. So it I mean, should suddenly be... it's chilly in the studio. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, if you're cold enough to leave someone to torture for months and their eventual death, because you were breaking the law to make a quick buck instead of trying to help people with the information you were given. Not a lot of sympathy. Yeah, not a lot. I, I agree with that. By not a lot, I mean none. Anyway, um, you know, we should move on to predictions. We should look ahead for this one. I think so. And now, your AfterBuzz TV I could totally do that. <laughs> yeah, I love the light show. I love it so much. Unfortunately, Hulu does not believe in episode previews, so I didn't get to see the one for next week. Okay, so for those of you who watched it like me um, live or, you know, on demand, DVR, TiVo, one of the big storylines that they're pitching is that, okay, it's going to be Weller-centric, and Weller has had all these changes happen, but Allie is going to come under some danger. 
And they're saying, well, could his whole world end? Implying that maybe not necessarily Weller dies, but something happens to Allie and she has a miscarriage. Quite frankly, just she loses her baby, who he has just committed to being in their life. So I think that's probably a big question. Prediction, would Blindspot be willing to already get rid of Weller's unborn child for the sake of a storyline? I feel like that's a real quick turnaround. That's what Plus, I thought too. Blind spot episode previews are really good at either showing us literally nothing or giving us one sound clip that's like, here's this. And it's like 2% of what the episode is about. It's like, oh, that was hilariously out of context. They Great. Follow the same that, formula. That's what they do. Someone says something sinister, fight scene, explosion, tune into Blind Spot next week. Pretty Every much. Every single time. And mind you, I guess like. They're good trailers, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, we're not getting a big clue. It's out of that. hype and no information. It's all yeah. fight, 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 kiss, kiss. It's all flash, no substance. Pretty Unlike much. the show itself, but yeah. okay. But I yeah, mean, they I do don't really think so good either. Not spoiling things. So, Too quick, hey. not a turnaround. I don't think they'll do that to the whole team. Plus, I really want to see Aunt Patterson doing some babysitting. Oh my God, yes. Getting yeah. the tiny child a plastic computer toy. Just yes. like, and this is how you code. I can see her like with the rattles, like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Yeah. No, it would be wonderful. All right. Well, I think that is about all we have for tonight. Where yes. can the people find you? All right, guys. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Double G on TV. As I said, check out my profile for my interview with Abby Scott. Also, hashtag Patterisms because she says some awesome and hashtag English majors are okay too. Wow. <laughs> Your uh, hashtag in English majors are great. Give me the shovel. Just give me the shovel. You're, you're digging would, yourself you deeper. Sign out. You're digging yourself deeper. Just give me the shovel. <laughs> I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. And I am on so many shows here, you guys. We have Z Nation on Mondays. Crunch Time is going to come back every Monday starting next week. Star Wars Rebels is Tuesdays. Arrow is back on Wednesdays. And, of Love course, it. we have Blind Spot on Thursdays. And, you know, Ruby's coming back. Ooh. We are going to start those after shows in November sometime. So keep an eye out for those. Thank you guys so much for watching. And we will see you next time. See you next time, Blind Spot fans. Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 